listening to the TLC Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tyler, Landon, and Caleb. Welcome to the TLCFP. I'm Landon Fields. You can find me on Twitter at Fields underscore Lando. I'm Caleb Derlin. You can find me at CDerlin53. I'm Tyler Shavatinai. You can find me at underscore Suavage underscore. Find the show on Twitter at TLCFP. Mm-hmm. Boys, we got a rivalry game in Arrowhead Stadium after the bye week. Chiefs host the Broncos in a game Monkey that flexed week. to Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs winners of four in a row and the last two have been especially notable as the team has looked quite a bit better than they had during a a fairly rough stretch on both sides of the ball defense looking better offense looking more in rhythm and then you got the denver broncos who aren't that good i don't think but continue to stay in the playoff hunt and continue to win games that they really shouldn't honestly i don't weird games that shouldn't but yeah Honestly, I don't think that's a bad flex. Obviously, you've got the Bills and Pats on Monday, which is it's a big-time game. The Saints and Cowboys tonight, which nobody cares about. It's typical Thursday night football. Uh, other than that, I, don't, I mean, you, you can't really – there's not really any other flexes. You could have flexed the Ravens and Steelers, but you had to move the Seahawks off of Sunday night football because they're just oh, – yeah garbage we don't know what the niners are like it could be a blowout it could be a close win and somebody wins 17 to 14 like what is the nfl this year yeah it's insane it's it's absolutely insane uh let let's talk a little bit about about the broncos here this is a team that started off three and oh but everyone knew that this was a fraud three and oh because we've talked this much on the show but just to recap, they played the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets in their first three games. Promptly got beat uh, four in a row against the Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, and Browns. Are like, yep. What do you expect? Right. This is Denver. What? Are they, like, this is what we knew they were, right? They beat Washington, and then they crushed Dallas. They crushed them. Played them. And then subsequently, they got crushed at home by Philly. And we were like, oh, they're back. That was a fluke game. And then they beat the Chargers by two touchdowns. And now we're like, what are the Broncos? (laughs) Also, is Drew Locke starting now? No, no. Uh, Is it it back to Teddy B? It is. Teddy Two Gloves got – he's been injured a couple games. I think he had a sit-out once. Okay. But he did come back after after that initial injury in last week's games. Yep. And he's been a full participant both days uh, of practice this week. And and honestly, I mean, to be honest, Teddy Two Gloves is having a hell of a season this year. Even he's not with, bad at all. He's playing well. He, he's nearly at 70% completion. He's got 2,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. Like, that is a solid stat line. A lot of people didn't see this coming. I expected a little bit more from him. But honestly, he's showing you that he's maybe a top half of quarterbacks in the league. That is I think unequivocally false, but he is playing well. I think Teddy Bridgewater is having a solid season, especially considering the roster he has. They do have good receivers uh, in Denver, but uh, no, no one no one thought this team would be any good whatsoever, and they're still hanging around in in what is now what is this now week 13? thirteen 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 week thirteen they have a winning record going in to a Sunday night football game in Kansas City. Like you're telling me, Teddy Two Gloves isn't a top sixteen quarterback. Probably not. Um, 
I'm sure he's right around there, but it's definitely. Lower. I'm not. I don't think he's like wildly lower than that, but he's not. I don't think he's top half. I'm sorry. I was just. I was looking through the list of, of quarterbacks. I don't. I don't see him below 16. All right. Fair That's enough. Just me. Fair enough. That's me. We can That's talk about that. We'll do that a different time. We we sort of did that before, and we've done that in conversation many times, ranking quarterbacks. But we'll, we'll do it again. I'm sure it's a fun topic. We we know very well what the Chiefs' season has been. Weird, tumultuous first few games, but we still thought, hey, this team is just cutting away the turnovers away from still being a very solid team. Yep. And then the offense just went completely dry, or very dry, especially for what the Chiefs' offense usually is, for a, a stretch of games, it, even a couple wins, and, and we're out here thinking, like, okay, like we have no, like we. Have no idea what this team is. Is this team a playoff team? Are they going to finish with a winning record? Their schedule is tough. Then two games, you blow out the Raiders. You win a very, you have a very solid victory against the Dallas Cowboys. And your schedule also looks like it gets a little easier as the Chargers don't look nearly as tough as they did early. The Raiders are obviously what they are. The Broncos (laughs) twice. uh, And and games like the Steelers, the Bengals, who also do not quite look like the teams they looked earlier Mm -hmm. in the season. Yep. Do we do we think this team is back on track? Now that's been the big question of the last handful of weeks now. But do we think this team is back on track? I would say unequivocally, the Chiefs are now finally back on track. I think I think the turning point came maybe a few weeks ago. Realistically, it came a few weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago that the team finally changed things around. Obviously, we I think there's still some things to sort around on the offensive side, but Pat is clearly the front man for the team. I, nobody should have any doubts about that. But there's one specific portion that is the backbone of this team. It's not on offense. It's the defense. It's, it's not. It's not even our full defense. That's the backbone of the team. It's the defensive line that is the Pass, backbone rush, of this run, team. Stopping exactly They're doing it at all, They're and it and all. it's finally coming together. Like we talked about, move like everybody's talked about. Move CJ inside. Get somebody back out there that can go on the outside, and that's Melvin Ingram. And so I think what really the turning point of this team was making the trade for Melvin, getting him integrated very, very quickly, and then getting this defensive line back on track. So our corners and uh, the rest of our DB group isn't in coverage for 90 seconds while a quarterback gets to run around everywhere because he's not getting any pressure. Football games are one in the trenches. You got two linemen on this podcast and <laughs> you're not going to get any other answer out of us. The, it starts in the trenches. If you win the trenches, you have a significant chance at winning a ball game. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, we obviously always talk about Melvin in his pass rush, getting pressure to the quarterback, CJ getting to the quarterback. Where's Frank Clark? Is he setting the edge? Is he getting pressure? There's a couple guys that we have not talked about enough. They've, their names have come up here and there, but the, like, if we're talking backbone of the team and then backbone of the backbone, like our defensive line is a backbone. What's the backbone of our defensive line? Derek Nottie, Colin Sanders, when he's in Tershawn Ward. Those three guys right there, and and Jaron Reed, plugging up holes, taking offensive linemen, allowing the linebackers to fill and flow where they need to, and making sure that those guys aren't getting to the second level so that we can get our guys into the backfield, stopping them at the line of scrimmage, stopping them two yards uh, past the line of scrimmage, like getting short gains and turning into uh, turning 
gains into uh, long third third down situations. And, and not too surprisingly, we're seeing the the D line do all this, and now we're seeing guys like Nick Bolton come alive because they're not getting blocked. I mean, they they can't. They got to they got to stop the D line from tearing through them like they they have been. So linebackers and and then uh, just to come off of that as well, the pass rush has been amazing. Who we see kind of live? We've seen we've seen Legarius Sneed. Uh, Rashad Fenton's looked amazing. Travis Ward is playing better than he has since like early 2019 or or late 2019. It, it's been amazing. Yeah, and and I'll say like um, you know def- defensive wise, I. I you guys know how I feel about Spags. I've put it out there. A lot of people said, oh, you know, we should have, we, we need to give Spags a little bit more slack. I still like scheme wise. I don't think that we're set up necessarily the best. And we saw scheme wise where we were failing. Part of that comes down to talent and skill level. That's number one. I think all the guys on our defense are smart enough to be in their assignments of where they're supposed to be. I think we failed number one, because the defensive line wasn't doing what they were supposed to do so that the scheme could work. I'm not a big believer in the scheme. I would still be happy at the end of the season with Spags leaving. I'd be okay if he stays, but I'd be more happy if he was gone because I don't believe it's his scheme that makes this defense so good. I think it's the defensive line, and I think it's Honey Badger being in the back and directing everyone where they're supposed to go. I think this defense is outperforming their talent and skill level right now because a lot of the guys there are very, very smart. And so I think it's just the talent and skill and the mentality of those guys and not necessarily the defensive coaching and the scheme that we're being placed in. Yeah. I I think that's, I I think I agree with that. Spags. I'd like to know how much is definitively him and how much it's gotta be a little bit him, right? Because the defense has definitely gelled. And if the system was truly awful, it still wouldn't be working super well where it is working pretty well. But at the same time, it does feel like players on an individual basis have just completely turned their games around. But obviously that's tough to know. Is that, is that Spags a lot working magic in the locker room on the practice field, really working with these guys, or is that just, you know, with the pastors being better and guys being able to do more of what they want to do, they play better. I don't think we'll ever really know that. Obviously we would have to know what plays are being called and what guys' assignments are. That would be number one. Uh, but the reason why I can, I'm sitting where I am is for the fact that when you look like, let's look at Kansas city's offense specifically, how often does a play break down and receivers are, are especially in a pass situation, how often receive receivers tracking to the ball, getting in open spaces, hitting the hole and getting open for Pat to throw the ball. It, it happens so often in the NFL that plays are not schemed up. If you're not the Browns, if you're not the Ravens, you know, if you're not these, these teams that are really systematically schemed and you have to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands within two seconds. So if you're looking at this from the Kansas city standpoint of the offense, where a lot of the play gets broken down and your receivers had a lot have a lot of room to cover. If you're looking at the deep Kansas City defense covering the Kansas City offense, the scheme is not it's it's not the thing that's going to allow the defense to win the down. It's defensive linemen getting in and doing their job, and it's the corners. Uh, just making sure that they can stay hip to hip with their man across the field, wherever you go. And that's why I sit back on the scheme of spags a little bit. Cause I don't believe that in really any game that you play in the NFL, that 
after the, those two seconds are up, scheme kind of goes out the window and you're just playing one-on-one. And that can definitely be true. Um, let's talk about also the offense, which, yes, it's only been two weeks of them looking better. And one of those weeks was them only scoring 19 points. But this, the last two weeks have looked like the Chiefs back on offense. Patrick Mahomes has played much more in rhythm. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the O-line is playing well again, continuing to play well looking good most, if not all the time now. This offense has gelled. This offense, I think, has figured it out. And this is honestly the main reason why I think that they are back to being a Super Bowl contender because, yes, defense, especially the way the Chiefs defense was playing, that can take you a long way. That can win a lot of games, especially when you have an offense, even when they're not playing well, you know they're going to score a little bit. But if the offense looks good, we know how good this offense can be. And with the defense playing really well, if you get those at the same time, it's over. It's game over. There is no one that can go toe-to-toe with that team. If they play well on both sides of the ball, I don't think anyone can beat them. Do you think the Chiefs' offense also, in tandem with this defense, can continue this run? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Look at, the, look at the back half of our schedule that we've got here. Definitely. We obviously looked at it um, – when we weren't doing great and and the other teams were looking a lot better and it didn't look all that great, but looking at them now, I'm not so worried. And, you know, you look at this, this, this Broncos team, um, they got uh, somewhat of a narrow victory over the chargers, but they got stomped by the Eagles and then they absolutely stomped the, the Cowboys. So I don't, you know, we don't really know what we're getting week in and week out with these guys. Um, I obviously they're a lot better win. Teddy Bridgewater is in, but I think offensively, gosh, I mean, their defense does look good. They average only giving up 17 points a game. Looking back at their schedule, I can see why minus a couple of teams. Um, I I don't know if I really believe that their defense is as good as their numbers show right now. I definitely agree with that. Caleb, what what do you think? Do you think the Chiefs can on offense as well keep this up and actually play like they have in their last couple seasons? Um, I'm not so sure if the offense will be what they were in the last couple seasons, but I think they're going to be good enough to finish out this season and get victories week in and week out. With the way that the play defense is playing, and uh, I I kind of saw this in the defense that we had, uh, Just I mean, you just look at the talent on that defense and – this defense should be should have been playing lights out from the get get go, but just the talent on this defense and the way it's put together, I don't see this defense slowing down. And the offense really just has to do enough. So I the Chiefs team as a whole, I don't see this train slowing down very very soon. Um, hopefully, we can find the Chiefs offense that is just outrageously explosive again. But uh. I think the the offense is going to be well, well enough to win all these games uh, throughout the rest of the regular season. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a look at their deep at the Broncos defense right now and how they would match up against this offense. Their main playmakers are a couple of guys on the defensive front, uh, mainly Chubb, 
Uh, I think Browning's been playing pretty decent as well. Uh, they've got a couple defensive linemen. I'm not so really worried about the pressure, especially the way that our offensive line has been playing. There's a couple guys at the DBs that you have to watch out for. Uh, obviously, Ronald Darby. You've also got to watch out for for Pat Sertain and uh, and. and obviously Justin Simmons as well, but realistically, if they're going to be playing over the top, I'm not so really worried about them up front and, and cutting them underneath and short, especially with Clyde being back. Um, I'm really excited about the opportunities that our guys are going to have for uh, yards after catch. Yeah, I think I'm sniffing a field day on both sides of the ball for the chiefs. I, I definitely feels like that Denver, is Denver's punching well above their weight, it feels like right now. Yes, it's not a slouch of team. They are six and five. It's really hard to go six and five in the NFL and be bad. But this this feels it still feels fraudulent, even even with a couple wins that feel less fraudulent in the in the last few wins for Denver. I I'm feeling like the Chiefs might come out here, especially we all know Andy Reid's record off a of bye. He, he's very, very, very difficult to beat off a of bye. I believe it's only happened tw- once Unless, or twice, twice in his entire career in, in a long and illustrious career for Andy Reid. I think it's, I think it's one, one loss with each team, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds right. Very difficult to do. Also, this is going to be an arrowhead in prime time with the Chiefs playing really well in the last two games. I, I don't know... If, what, in what world does Denver win this game, Caleb? What what does the game have to look like for Denver to win? Well, the defense has to revert back to what they were before they found themselves. And, I mean, it could happen. Uh, I mean, they just got their mojo back. It can, it can be gone as fast as it came. Um, but the defense, I mean, if the defense comes out and play like they have in the last few weeks, I don't think there's any way the Broncos win this game. I don't care what the offense does. Because, I mean, the the offense could turn the ball over three times, and I think the defense, with the way they're playing, I the Broncos might score six points out of those turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just – it would have – the defense would have to just fold. I, I would agree. I think, uh, uh, first off, Reed has lost uh, – he's 19-3 and three in 22 years uh, coming off the bye. He's 7-1 and one with Patrick Mahomes coming uh, coming off the bye. That is right. Uh, or in Kansas City. Right. 7-1. Uh, and one. So lost two uh, in Philly. Uh, if Denver was to win this game, number one, it'd have to be perfect. They'd have to have no turnovers, have to have amazing field position every single time. So few penalties. Very few penalties, and they would have to absolutely work uh, Javante Williams and and uh, Gordon uh, as well. So I, Melvin, it, Melvin Gordon has been a non-participant on Wednesday and Thursday this week. Okay, well that's that's somewhat good news. I don't know. I, I like both of them. Honestly, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Williams more than I am of Melvin Gordon. Um, I, I am too, he's a younger back. Williams he plays a little bit better. He is slow, but he is that bruiser back. And if you give him space, he's going to work with it. Um, he's just, he's just one of those shifty low center of gravity guys. Um, but yeah, like, like we talked about eliminating mistakes, they're going to have to have perfect p- field position. They're going to have to get the run game working early. So Teddy can work those play actions. It's, it's going to have to come down to a perfect day f- for the Broncos. If they're going to win this game. Ready for predictions for this one. Yes, sir. 
I'll start us off. I got the Chiefs big in this game. I, I am I am sniffing uh, the uh, what might be dubbed a buzzsaw game here for the Chiefs. I got Kansas City winning this 43-17. Wow. I think both those touchdowns for Denver would come in the second half. I do not think this is close. Uh, Chiefs. Uh, also, meat necklace game. If you listen to my other uh, podcast, my KU podcast, you'll understand that term. Uh, Chiefs big by a lot and often. I don't listen to your other podcast because KU basketball is terrible. Fake friend. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but uh, I'm going to have to take the Chiefs big in this one as well. I'm giving it to the Chiefs 31 to 10. I'm also going to take the Chiefs big in this one. We're all going to be relatively close. I'm taking the Chiefs and a little bit closer win because I feel like Andy Reid likes to take his foot off the gas. Uh, 33 to 17. Even though he shouldn't take the foot off the gas right now because this team is not as good as it We need as much practice (laughs) with the offense and as much chemistry moving around as humanly possible. Hey, when I say 43, I'm absolutely counting on the last three scores being field goals. So don't, don't worry about that. That's absolutely <laughs> no. happening. But. That, that would be the other thing if the Broncos were going to win is they're going to have to turn those those three touchdowns that we can score in any corner into field goals. They're going to have to yeah. limit the touchdowns nine points out of, you know, three times down. Uh, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, nor, nor do I. Nor does Caleb. <laughs> Uh, we will move on into our weekly pick them. Now the Cowboys and saints game has already kicked off. They are a few minutes in, uh, but we've got the Dallas Cowboys in Louisiana, the Superdome taking on Taysom Hill at quarterback and the saints. Uh, I don't have a spread on this one, but who's your guys' picks? Cowboys. Don't care what the spread is. Six and a half. Six and a half. (laughs) Cowboys win. If the Saints are already up 14-0, I'm still taking the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I am also going to take the Cowboys in this one. Uh, next up, we'll move into our Sunday slate of games. Starting off at noon, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, taking on Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Tampa Bay is an 11-point favorite. I am going to take the Buccaneers here. Uh, Atlanta. They are a very, very much in the middle kind of team here, but Tampa Bay just just can outclass them. Uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, Atlanta looked like they were starting to put things put some things together, but <laughs> last few weeks have not been great for them. Uh, Matt Ryan's been terrible. Give me the Buccaneers in this, and I don't think it's relatively close. Atlanta putting things together is like the food pyramid. Like that's that's about all they could do down there. <laughs> I'm also going to take the Buccaneers in this one big time. Next up, we've got the Arizona Cardinals heading into uh, Soldier Field, taking on the Bears. Is Justin Fields back this week? Do you guys know? I'm uh, not sure. He he was Ty- listed. As, he is questionable and uh, has been listed questionable. He has been a limited participant in practice. Uh, I think it's a rib injury, so we'll have to see. But the Cardinals are a seven and a half point favorite. Either way, I'm going to take the Cardinals. They're still the better team. So give me Arizona on the road. Yeah, give me the Cardinals. They are the better team with or without Kyler Murray. Um, also, Bears with or without <laughs> Justin Fields. Cardinals are winning this game. Yeah, Justin Fields was uh, limited. Uh, Allen Robinson was a did uh, non-participant uh, today. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a limited participant, and so was Kyler. Uh, even with that, 
Cardinals have been playing fantastic. So give me the Cardinals to win. Uh, Next up in the noon hour, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers heading into Cincinnati, Ohio, taking on Joey B and the Bengals. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. Big game in the AFC playoff on here. I'm going to take the Bengals because the Chargers have trouble stopping people. So give me uh, Cincinnati with the home win. Yeah, the Chargers have not looked good recently. Like we were saying earlier, they lost a doozy to the freaking Denver Donkeys. Give me the Bengals in this one because the Chargers have fallen apart. Both teams have honestly looked a little shaky. It looks like Herbert is finally getting his feet back under him a little bit. He's playing a little bit better. Uh, Joey B has not looked very good the last three or four weeks. Uh, And honestly, I think not getting an offensive lineman in the draft is hurting them a lot more uh, than getting Jamar Chase as the teams are starting to figure out schematically how to stop them in the first two seconds. Because Uh, they already had two good wide receivers. (laughs) Exactly. So give me the Chargers to win this week. (laughs) Next up in the noon hour, we've got the Minnesota Vikings heading into Detroit, taking on the 0-10-1 Lions. Minnesota is a seven-point favorite. Make it 0 11 and 1. Vikings get the win. Ford Field, Chevy Field, don't care. Kirk Cousins throwing four tutties and no picks. Give me the Vikings. <laughs> uh, Dalvin Cook was uh, listed as a non participant so far this week. So it's not looking good for him. They're also missing Anthony Barr uh, and a couple other guys. Not so important after that. Uh, but give me the Vikings to get a win here also. Next up in the noon hour, we've got a few more games to go. We've got the red-hot Indianapolis Colts, led by Jonathan Taylor, heading into Houston, Texas, taking on Tyrod Taylor and the Texans. Indianapolis is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Colts, big. Yeah, same. (laughs) The, The Texans just lost to the Jets, man. Give me the Colts. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is about to, like, if you're a better, put, like, 400-plus on Jonathan Taylor's name. Uh, it's probably going to pop this week, and he'll set a single-game single, single game rushing record. Give me the Colts. Uh, next up. be a lot. In the noon hour, we've got a we've got a doozy for you. It's a, it's a snoozer for sure. We've got the New York Giants heading into a Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, taking on Tua and the Dolphins. Defense is looking a little bit better. Miami here is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Give my give me Miami as they with this win would kind of sneakily play themselves into the playoff on a little bit. Uh, give me the Dolphins. Yeah, give me the Miami Dolphins as well. It's starting to look like we kind of know who most of these teams are. Um, the Giants are not good. The Dolphins are starting to find themselves. Dolphins here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I honestly didn't even know the Dolphins picked up Philip Lindsay. He is a DNP, so uh, I don't know if that'll play into it much, but I'm also going to take the Dolphins. Um, and we move into our final noon hour game. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles heading into MetLife Stadium, taking on the New York Jets. Philly is a seven-point favorite. Yeah, give me the Eagles. They've been an up-and-down team this year, but I think they are significantly better than the New York Jets. Yeah, the Eagles are way better than the Jets. They would have, they would have to screw a lot of things up to lose to the Jets. Give me the Eagles in this one. I'm also going to take the Eagles, and I don't think it's close. 
We'll move on to our three o'clock games at 3.05. We've got the Washington football team headed into Las Vegas, trying to get 500 uh, while the Raiders try and extend to seven and five. Uh, Vegas is a one and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm going to take Vegas here. Uh, Not a great game to watch, I don't think, but I do think they'll win. I'm going to take Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team over the Raiders here. I think last week's win for the Raiders was kind of a fluke on just some bad football by the other team. Uh, Give me the Washington. I'm also going to take Washington here. I don't think they're God awful, but they are definitely not good. Um, (laughs) We'll go into our next game at three Oh five. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into SoFi taking on the Rams. Rams are a 12 and a half point favorite. So you want to get right game. Here you go. Rams served to you on a silver platter. Uh, Rams, though, I think it looks a little grimer than they'd like, but I still think they do end up covering. They're definitely going to cover. If if there was ever a get-right game, it's the Jaguars coming into your hometown. <laughs> Give me the Rams big. Yeah, Rams big here. Definite, definite get-right game. Also known as the Jalen Ramsey Bowl. It is the Jalen Ramsey Bowl, isn't it? Well, next up, we will go to our 325 game. It is uh, it is a rivalry game and a big one here. We've got Lamar Jackson, Lamb Jack, as Caleb likes to say, heading into Heinz Field, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore is a four-point favorite. Lamb Jack and Ben Roth. Um, I, uh, I, like, I like Lamb Jack um, quite a bit better, I think, than the other guy. And I think the Ravens are, are a much better team. Close game, though. Close game. I like to call the other one the woman toucher, but uh, give, me, <laughs> facts, give, me, though. give me the Steelers in this one to upset the Ravens at home. Wow, that's a that's a big call. Um, I think I'm also going to take the Ravens here, although neither team is playing very well. Um, I think it does end up being a lot closer than the four-point spread gives. Minko Fitzpatrick, sir. <laughs> we'll jump into our final day, our game of Sunday, uh, as the Chiefs do have the Sunday night game. This game was flexed for the Chiefs-Broncos game. It is the San Francisco 49ers heading into Seattle, taking on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. San Francisco is the three-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, what idiot on this show picked the Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl? Couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> Niners <laughs> win. Yeah, Niners, they're, they're going to cover. I didn't even hear the line, but it could be probably 15 and a half, and I think the Niners cover. So give me the, give me the 49ers here. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Niners as well. Um, it shouldn't be that good of a game, but it is Russell Wilson, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see if it's close or not. I kind of like this Monday matchup. This Monday matchup is going to be a fairly solid one with how the Bills have been playing lately because we have got Mac Jones or MJ10 as he is trying to trademark now, taking the TV12 route. Uh, Mac Jones, MJ10, and the Patriots heading into Buffalo, New York, taking on the Bills led by Josh Allen. Surprisingly, Buffalo is only a two and a half point favorite. I mean, MJ10, that's pretty dumb. Um, I say, as a, someone who ro- roots for uh, SC30 and PM15, um, <laughs> I am going to go one more time. 
with the Bills to beat the Patriots. What an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Give me the Patriots, man. The Bills are not looking great, and I, I am 1,000% on the Patriots train. They are a team to fear right now. I'm torn, man. I'm torn because the Bills have been playing so poorly, but I know how good they can be, whereas I'm not a believer in this Patriots team, but they are hot, and that's all it takes. Like Caleb has been saying all year, it just takes a team to get hot at the right time. Here's the thing. I think the Patriots are going to flame out a little too early. They got hot just a little too soon. Give me the bills to get this one. It's going to be a get right game for them. The Patriots will flame out before the season ends. Hey, with a rookie quarterback, flames don't last terribly long. Unless your name's Patrick Mahomes. Well, he didn't start as a rookie, so. Not technically a rookie, but true. I still like the the point I think stands. (laughs) That's it for game picks. That's it for the show. I am Landon Fields. You can find me on Twitter at Fields underscore Lando. You can find me on Twitter at CDerlin53. Tyler Savatinaya. You can follow me at underscore Suavage underscore. Follow the show at TLCFP on Twitter as well. We all like the Chiefs big. No way that can backfire on us at all. Uh, we've never agreed on anything that's been wrong before. Uh, but I, 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 I do think the Chiefs <laughs> will win one way or another. We hope it's by a lot of points instead of a little points. It's going to be a fun one. Like I said, the playoff stretch is coming, uh, and the AFC, man, is all over the place. The league's all over the place, but the AFC especially is just wild, wild at the top. Uh, And the NFC's getting there, too, the longer we go. So it is going to be a very, very entertaining stretch for the NFL to close the season. But as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.